Hello, Scary Dolls. Hello. Hello. I'm Mandy. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carol. And you're listening to Scary Not Scary Podcast. Welcome. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's our intro every time. Podcast. 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 Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We were like chatty Cathy's this whole time, and now we're like, mm, hi. Mm. <laughs> We're recording, so we should stop. We were just talking about assholes. We spent like a whole 20 minutes before we were recording. Uh, me looking for a TikTok. <laughs> Didn't want to do it with the girls. And then me talking about how I want to bleach their assholes. <laughs> how fun would that be? And then we were talking about how we don't want no short dick man. Yep. Eeny weeny short dick man. <laughs> That's all. I love that song. Why minutes. were we listening to this? This, was, this song came out like in the 90s, right? Did know. it? Or 80s. 90s. 90s. No, 90s. 90s. It has to be 90s. Not the yeah. 80s. Dude, it was so funny. I'm, I was watching the video of the girl singing it live and she's like, eeny, weeny, teeny, weeny. And then there's like kids in the audience. Like, oh, oh my God. God really? It's all me. <laughs> it's all Mandy and Michelle in the audience. Her mom. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. And Tim has daddy daycare going right now. <laughs> yep. He has all the kids. All, all the kids. Good luck. Except for Voodoo. Yeah. No, my cat would not get along with the kids. He'd be He'd like, be like crawling on the ceiling trying to hide. He's all, ill kids. <laughs> Sabrina, they're chasing. No, it'd probably be Sophia and Jason chasing him. Yeah. Sophia oh. would be like, no, Sabrina would be like, uh, uh. <laughs> See, I'm already getting the kids mixed up. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. So, anything interesting happened to you? No. No. Mm-mm. I had a dream me and Gato were fighting. Like fist fighting? Or no, like, like... We were, like fighting, like arguing fighting. And then like after we finished, I can't remember for the life of me, like what we were arguing or fighting about. And then afterwards, I was like, you want to go to Target? She's like, oh, fine, let's go. So we went to Target. <laughs> and then we were talking and then she's like, I told her, I was like, I think I'm pregnant. And she goes, bitch, I haven't started my period either. And I was like, let's go to the Dollar Tree and get a pregnancy test. And then I woke up right before her. Oh, that's results. a sign. That's a sign. That's a sign. God was gonna get pregnant by me. Uh, oh, 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 that! <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's coming. If it's I am coming. coming, I'm gonna be that baby's pappy. Oh God, <laughs> I cannot. My I cannot like imagine myself with a kid. That poor little kid. It'd be just being like, "What's up, bitches?" Like I don't know. <laughs> Poor baby. He's all sup walking in. He's all sub hoes. Y'all listen to Pierce Avell yet? Instead of calling me mom, he's like, hey ho. <laughs> hey ho, make me a bean and cheese. Or like fuck? Zion, our friend Julia, her son calls her babe. Aww, he doesn't really? call her mom. He goes, babe, babe, babe. Aww. <laughs> he's literally babe. the cutest. He's like, babe, red, babe, three, babe, papa, babe, papa. Like, it's so That's cute. cute. Oh my God, I love it. Oh, I love Sabrina him. was sometimes called him babe. Because you call him babe. Yeah. <laughs> She's all, Tata, babe. <laughs> Aww, so funny. That's not funny. That's not my name. <laughs> that's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> Make sure not to call your baby daddy puto in front of your kids. <laughs> oh my God. And they're going to be like, puto. <laughs> Come here, puto. Oh. I feel like that's Nareen's daughter. <laughs> oh my God. I love her. That little girl is bad. She's a vibe. She is a total vibe yeah. for sure. She's me. Like, everything I want to say to everybody and, like, a little person. That little girl has no filter. She'll literally go up to you and be like, um... I love it, though. Why are you dressed you know like what? that? That means that little girl's going to hold her own. Just like my sister, Sophia. Like, we should have them meet. 
Yeah, they because should. They'll probably get along. They will. Probably. Even though my sister's <clears throat> older, they'll get along. Because yeah. Gabri, Gabri acts older for her age, which isn't a bad thing. That's yeah. a good thing. No, that little girl. girl. She'd be tough. She is smart. Oh my God. I, did I tell you all the story of the last episode or this one? What? About my sister fighting with her friends. No, no, right? No, no you didn't said record. it in person. Yeah. I forget what I tell y'all in person. In yeah. <laughs> so my little sister's fighting with her friends. Uh-oh. <laughs> so my sister Sophia can hold her own. Like, my mom ha- like doesn't have to worry about her at all. But basically, like, she told one of the little girls, okay, bitch, <gasps> over text. Oh, shit. And so my mom's like, Sophia, you don't put stuff like that in writing. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> No evidence. No, no evidence. Don't leave evidence. any evidence. But anyways, yeah. yeah, she's, I don't know. I can't remember like what the story was, but yeah, she's fighting with her friends at school. Oh, wow. But man, she can hold her own, like just the way she is. And like, she's loud. Because there's times where like my parents are yelling at her and she talks over them and they're trying to like, they're yelling louder to talk over her. So she yells even louder and talks over them. So yeah, like she can shut you up. She's like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> For all like that little girl, something else. I love it though. I'm like, I told my mom, oh my God, what's gonna happen? Like when she becomes a teenager, and she's already Ooh, acting like good a mom's luck. like my dad always said, she's your problem. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna be too old to care. <laughs> He's like, leave just the boy to me. <laughs> oh, I love oh, it well. though. Fun. Fun, 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 fun. Are y'all voting? <laughs> oh, man. Are y'all voting? Are y'all voting daily? Remember, there's two people you have to vote for. Yes. Nova Aesthetics under Beauty. And, and Scary Not Scary Podcast under Local Guns. Podcasts. It's, yes. And that's under Entertainment and Leisure. Yeah. Entertainment and Leisure. Oh, I just put entertainment. I didn't look at the other word. It says leisure, right? I think so. Is that so. a word? Yeah. What does that mean? I wish we could have paid for like the marketing to where we have our podcast pop up. I don't know how yeah. much it is. I should ask my boss. Oh, she had, oh yeah. Because how long is the voting for? Like a month? Till the 28th. But isn't oh, it 20th. like, isn't it where you vote and it's top five and then it's top three and then from there they choose a winner? I don't know. I think that's how it is. So I think they might have so to vote another round. Three? I don't know. I'm going to look. Is that after the 28th? It, it, it'll just say it online. We'll go But did you see this. we're like number four now? We're no longer. I don't the, think that counts. No, no, okay. it, it doesn't go like that. So it's it just the first mixes. round. Because sometimes round? when I click it, we're the first one, and then sometimes when I click it, we're like almost the last one. So I think it's just like it's the order. The order up. just mixes up. Oh. Just so in case I don't think, we didn't hire bots to go and vote for yeah. us, <laughs> or mm. did we? No, just kidding. <laughs> we did a Trump Please and we got sure Germany to, to hack in. And <laughs> I know, right? Oh, or my yeah. little cousins in Mexico. Have their friends voting. <laughs> That'd be funny, right? I wish we had money for that. That'd be cool. I wonder um, guys, that was, that's what we use our Patreon for. And all the money we get for the merch, we hire on bots. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't uh, take that serious. Ooh, I didn't moan. I went, uh. <laughs> It sounded like I did. Ew. Stop laughing. <laughs> I didn't realize that it sounded like a moan until you said it and it replayed in my head. It's funny. Oh, God. Oh, no. We're a mess today, but... So, I have to tell you something. Me? I meant to tell you earlier. I don't know if Nick told you, but that would be funny to say on the podcast. What? So... God, what did you do? No. It's what your man did. What did he do? So, when Nick and and, uh, Tim went to the Family Dollar, Uh apparently Nick's never been at a Family Dollar before. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's bougie. He's never, yeah. yeah, he's never been. Tim to told one. me, and I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah." He walked in. He goes, "Oh wow, this is cool. I've never been in one of these before." And I was like, "What?" Yep. <laughs> How yep. dare you, Nick? <laughs> what kind of princess peach are you? <laughs> princess peach. <laughs> I'm gonna call him princess. princess Peach. Oh my god, yep. I love like I think it's hilarious how opposite y'all are. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> like 100%. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, well, that means he's never been into a Dollar Tree before. Everything's mm-hmm. a dollar. He yep. hasn't? Mm-mm. Can we take him like a field trip and we document it? We record it and <gasps> put on TikTok. That would be so cool. That would be Documentary. Fun. Oh, my God, yes. And he could be like, a dollar? This a is a dollar? dollar? Oh, wait, it went up a dollar 25? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now they have the dollar and up section. Yeah. yeah. They have yeah, up no. to like $5, right? Or 10 10 10 oh, well actually i've seen 15 oh really yeah like, it's more like the like the hardcore like, can they still have the name dollar tree so it's like the dollar tree and it's like dollar tree uh plus dollar tree something. plus that's what it is yeah mm. they should change it to dollars dollars, dollars tree dollars dollars <laughs> dollars tree 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 dollars dollars arbolis <laughs> yeah oh no yep that's that's him we love Nick though. Yeah, yeah he's, he's bougie. Like Princess Peach. Him, <laughs> I'm gonna call him Princess like, Peach that's now. Gonna be his nickname. Yeah. Like we were, like, we were looking for houses and stuff, and he found one that's literally like was down the street, like from here. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "I mean, I could sacrifice." He's like, "I could for a nice house like that." And I was like, "Hmm, I don't know if you'd make it <laughs> in the hood." <laughs> Imagine him pumping gas, and someone comes up to him. He's like. Ah! <laughs> And like they pop fireworks here randomly, and some of them do sound like gunshots. So he would probably think every firework is a gunshot. Um, <laughs> He'd be like, "Gunshot? No, wait, firework? firework. No, gunshot? That's I don't what know." It's like living in the West Side. Is yeah. it gunshots? Is it fireworks? But you know what? No one will I, ever know. I actually think mm-hmm. he would survive on this side of town because it's he not might. like it's not the South South Side. It's the Southwest Side, but it's not like South South Side, and it's yeah. not West Side West. But side. he also like do the he, South side. He can't judge quietly. You know, oh, like sometimes like his face, like he doesn't know how to like just okay and then talk shit in the car. Sometimes he don't know how to do that. Oh, you so, gotta teach him, girl. I'm don't get his ass beat. <laughs> sometimes he says something like shut the fuck up. She's like, probably have a fucking gun. Shut up. I'm like, do you want to shut up? Motherfuckers have guns everywhere here. Oh my god, we should take him to the dollar store by your house. The oh my disguised. god! He wouldn't the one go we went in. to last time. He wouldn't uh, go in. I don't think he would go in before the one we went to yes. for the shoot. Oh my god, guys! Yes. There's like a, we went in all badass. Okay, like there's a dollar store here. Like, you're like, nothing. Nick probably wouldn't even get off the car. Guys, You're this like, dollar tour, this dollar tour, <laughs> <laughs> should close the door tour. What is it? Um, I got the door I tour. I got the door tour. Anyway, um, this dollar store is like top secret. Like outside, it's all tagged up. It's all like And it bad. looks just like a random ass <laughs> building with tagging on it. But you go inside and there's literally wall to wall of nothing but like stuff. Like earrings, it's bracelets, cool. makeup. Anything you need. Shoes. Contacts. Bras. Like literally Mm -hmm. everything. Clothes. Bags. Hats. Yes. Everything. Luggage. I love it there. Cars. Anything. Just name it. Yeah. The building literally looks abandoned. Yeah. There's even like boards on the 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 window. (laughs) Guys, it's my hood and I love my people, but damn, why y'all so ratchet sometimes? (laughs) Like, girl, we can never have nothing nice. (laughs) 
the fucking walls are all tagged oh, it's over there by gosh. the las palmas yeah no. y'all know las palmas hood <laughs> i like did not want to look behind what? me so what? bad Loki, I was kind of hoping that my door was opening up on its own. I did you see? <laughs> we got up, I like froze, and I was like, "It's because I was waiting it? to see what I happened." Just kept I was looking, on. and I was like, "Uh, why? <laughs> why?" <clears throat> we stopped midway because our door was open. Well, we thought my door was opening up on its own, but it was just Tim. All the kids pooped at the same time. Yep. <laughs> How fun! Tim was like, "Are y'all cycles in sync?" <laughs> Oh, they're bye bye bye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get it to poke yeah. each other. Coke. <laughs> so this week we decided to cover dark history. Dark history. History. <laughs> All of on Ashley's vibe. This is yeah. Ashley's. Um, she was super excited. Yeah, it was. We gave this to you. Happy birthday. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. No. Happy Valentine's Day. <gasps> Yay. Yay. <laughs> this is technically our Valentine's episode. <gasps> I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> We're both oh, like sad, right? <laughs> we'll be your Valentine. We'll be, yeah, we'll be your Valentine. <laughs> I'll okay. buy you a box of chocolate. Thank you. That's all I want. I'll, I'll okay, I'm good now. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I like Valentine's Day now. <laughs> <laughs> so, dark history. Dark history. Dark history. 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 Okay, history. I I even took mine up a little bit, and it has oh. psychology in it too. Oh, excuse me. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That sounds fun. Okay, that's <laughs> so, <laughs> fun, fun. So I'm gonna be talking about the Stanford Prison Experiment. So it was in the 1970s, um, and this uh, professor named Philip Zimbardo. And some of his colleagues decided to research the sadistic personalities of the guards because apparently back in that time there was like a whole bunch of um, complaints about like the brutality inside like the prison systems in America. So they decided to do like an experiment and see like is it just like a person to person type of thing? Is it because they're in like a hostile environment or like what like what is it right? So they decided to do this. So. Um, what he did was he gathered um, a couple of college students um, and it was a total of 15 students. And um, he decided to, they were randomly selected, um, but they had to be uh, like stable, like mentally stable. They couldn't have any kind of like physical limitations. They couldn't have like any sort of like um, health issues, anything like that. So they had to be like top notch, perfect health, everything. Okay. And they volunteered, these people volunteered. So just saying. Um, so what they did was they got 15 people. They did pay them. It was $15 a day. Um, and they separated them into half of them are going to be guards. Half of them are going to be the prisoners. And basically what they did was they arrested them, but out of nowhere. So they just like they were in their homes one night and they just basically like barged into their house, blindfolded them, put a bag over their head and um, took them to like this secret location. Uh, where it was basically decked out to look like a prison, um, uh, you know, prison cellar and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was the actually the basement of the Stanford University is where all this took place at. So they had bare walls. Um, their cells were very, very small. The doors were barred. Um, and when the prisoners arrived, they were stripped naked 
Um, they had all of their personal possessions removed and locked away. They were given prison clothes and bedding. They were also issued a uniform um, and they were f- referred to by number only. So they had no more names. You couldn't call them by name, only by their number. So it was basically to make them feel like they were like anonymous. Um, that way they didn't know, you know, like, oh, you know, I know Zach like personally. So this is Zach prisoner number one. Like they couldn't do that. So it had to be all like unison. So they didn't like any biased thing would go on. So basically their clothes that they had, it was basically like smocks. You know, kind of it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of like the mental institutions like when they put the gowns on them it's kind of like what they had they had that and then all that was the prisoners all the guards they had identical uniforms they were all khaki um they were instructed to carry a whistle around their neck and um they also had a billy club which they borrowed from some of like the police stations so they had a club and a whistle around their um their necks they also were instructed to wear special sunglasses um and they were basically the sunglasses were so they couldn't make eye contact with like the prisoners when they were like abducting them from like mm-hmm. their homes. Okay. So the guards, they would work eight hour shifts, but the other guards remained on call. So when they not they weren't on their actual eight hour shift, they were remained uh, on call just in case like they needed to come back. They were instructed to do whatever they thought was necessary to maintain the law and order inside the prison. And to command the respect of the prisoners. No physical violence was permitted at all, but they were instructed to do whatever is necessary. So it's kind of like a, you know, back and forth thing. So basically the professor, what he did was he put them all in this situation and he just observed the behavior of both the prisoners and the guards. Um, And he also acted as like the warden of the of the prison. Um, So basically within hours of beginning the experiment, Uh, The guards began to harass the prisoners. Um, Mostly it would happen around like the wee hours of the morning. So like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, The prisoners were awakened from their sleep and they would blast the whistles um, for counts. So they got to like count each prisoner to make sure they have all the prisoners there. That way no one like escaped or something like that. So they would do this every single day around 2.30. But instead of like waking them up, you know, like, hey guys, like wake up, it's time to count. They would like harass them they would yell at them they would blow the whistles really loud to like brutally like awake them pretty much and also the count served as a way to familiarize the prisoners with their numbers that way they would remember that they're a number and not like a person is Mm. what they were trying to do and so even though like violence wasn't permitted there was physical punishment by the guard so basically what he was seeing is that even though he gave them all these instructions the guards were kind of like taking it on themselves to do whatever they pretty much wanted, like with the prisoners. So when the warden wasn't there watching, mm-hmm. they would do whatever they wanted type of thing. So basically they were insulted. They were given petty orders to do. Uh, they were giving pointless and boring tasks to accomplish. And they were also generally dehumanized. So a lot of the um, guards were dehumanizing them, telling them like they're nothing, they're worthless, they're locked up in here forever, like blah, blah, blah. No one cares about them, all that type of stuff. One form of physical punishment was they would make uh, make them do push-ups. One guard even stepped on one of the prisoners' backs while they did push-ups um, and then made the other prisoners sit on each other's backs. So like another prisoner would have to sit on someone while they did like push-ups, that was like a form of punishment if they didn't do something the guards wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. So the first day that they did all this, like nothing 
happened. There was no incidences, no nothing. But slowly as the second day started, the third day, that's when like stuff started picking up and the guards started being like bad to them. Taking things into their own hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so during the second day of the experiment, um, the prisoners removed their stocking caps, ripped off their numbers and barricaded themselves inside the cells by putting their beds against their their door. Um, so they were pretty much like reacting to what the guards were like doing. So they were trying to like keep themselves safe and all that kind of stuff. The guards then at that point when they did that called in reinforcements. Uh, three guards were waiting on standby um, to come in for night shift um, while others like other guards remained like on duty. So they always had somebody like ready to like rush in and help with like riots, like if they tried to start like a riot. So some some of the prisoners were given special privileges. So like the ones that the guards felt like were their buddies or they would do like extra stuff like for them. They were called there was three cells that were designated as the privilege cell. So basically, like if uh, they started like a rebellion or like a riot, any prisoner that didn't participate or didn't participate mm -hmm. that much in the rebellion was given like the privilege cell. And it was basically like giving back all their some of their stuff. They were able to like wash their hair, brush their teeth, so do human things, human things and to this feel was themselves. An experiment, right? Like and it was voluntary, an experiment. Voluntary. Oh. Yeah. So they volunteered to do this because apparently there was like um, complaints about this happening in the American prisons from like all the prisons, not just like one or two. It was all of the prisons. So this uh, professor was like, "Well, let me do an experiment to see like." What causes it? Is it the guards? Is it the prisoners? Is it like the harsh environment of like, cause you know in prisons there's nothing, like there's bare yeah, walls, yeah. there's everything. Is it that? Does it make them go crazy? So that's what he was trying to like figure out what causes this. Um, and so the guards and like the special prisoners, this was like all they're doing. So like he just, basically the professor just sat back and like, watched like they were like, yeah, watched it happen. Like he wouldn't intervene. He wouldn't like, you know, he just gave them in the beginning the set rules, what they were supposed to do, what they weren't supposed to do. And then he's like, all right, go for it. Go at it. And he just like sat back and watched. Um, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. So over the next few days that this was happening, um, of course, there was relationship forming between prisoners and guards, but it changed um, and it started changing the guards like they remembered that they were fully in control and that the prisoners were dependent on them. So some of the prisoners would like try to be like buddy buddy with them. They would try to like, oh, I can, you know, do this for you or I could do that. Or the guards would ask them to like do favors, you know, like that, that type of thing. So as the prisoners, they started like becoming more like dependent or they would like start learning, you know, their way around like which guards they could like you know, do things with yeah. which ones they couldn't, which ones they the mean like, ones. Yeah, the mean ones and the not mean ones. The guards started to like realize what they were doing and knew what they were up to. So they would start like being the prisoners would be more submissive to them because the guards would start being more and more harsh and they would give them more punishments and more this and more that. Um, so there is a uh, prisoner um that was in here. So less than 36 hours into the experiment, one prisoner began to suffer from acute emotional disturbance, disorganized thinking, uncontrollable crying and rage. This was only 36 hours into the experiment. Oh, no. Yeah. So after he met with the guards um, and he told them that uh, 
the guards were telling him that he was weak, uh, um, that he was like, you know, like, what's wrong with you? You shouldn't be doing this. You're like a grown man already. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they were basically insulting him. The um, he wanted to leave like the prisoner was like, I'm done with the experiment. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't. But the guards didn't listen to him. And they were like, you can't leave. You can't quit this. You know, like you're stuck in here. You have to like uh, stick it out, stick it out. Uh, the prisoner began to act crazy. He began to scream, curse. He went into a rage. He was like basically out of control. And it wasn't until this point that um, the actual like professor finally realized like, oh shit, like this is for real. Then he like was able to let him out like of the experiment. But it wasn't oh. until he pretty much like lost control. That gave me anxiety. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. He probably needed ugly. to like get like serious therapy after that mm-hmm. yeah yeah humans man i'm telling you we're the most dangerous creatures out there exactly um so within this uh this period they also did a like visiting day like from the parents so that they, they were all volunteers so they like told their families like what was going on they had to sign you know like waivers and stuff mm-hmm. um so the parents came and they uh visited for like a little bit well after that so when they did this of course they like bathed them they washed them um they had them clean and polished like all their cells they fed them like a really nice big dinner they played music over the intercom kind of like to make the parents like see like okay like they're okay like they're doing fine but after the visit um a couple of the prisoners decided to do like an escape plan So there was like this, the guards like caught wind of a rumor of like a huge like escape plan. So the prisoners were afraid that they were going to lose. I mean, the guards were afraid that they were going to lose the prisoners. Um, So the guards uh, escalated to a level of harassment on them, forcing them to um, do repetitive work, such as cleaning the toilets with their bare hands, not giving them any kind of like cleaning tools. So they would just give them the the stuff to clean it and they'd have to clean it like with their hands instead of like gloves and oh all that kind of stuff. Um, so they tried to like, guilt, not guilt trip them, what is it called? Like harass them into like not escaping because mm-hmm. they caught wind of it. So when any single time they would try to do something that was like in rebellion, the guards would retaliate back on them. They would punish them. And punish them yeah. for stuff. Um, there was another prisoner. So, um, this one prisoner was talking, he decided to talk to a priest. He was like, I feel like I need to talk to somebody. Um, so a lot of the prisoners, when the priest came down to talk to, talk to them, they introduced themselves as their number and not their name. So even them themselves started feeling like they weren't like a human person. They started feeling like they weren't like an individual anymore. And so the priest had told them that the only way that they would get out of this like experiment was they had to like talk to like a lawyer. That was just basically what happens like in prison. Like you have to talk to a lawyer, you know, yeah. this, they always like say that to you. So the priest was kind of acting like as that. And so after talking to a priest, one prisoner broke down and began to cry like hysterically. Um, and uh, the prisoners that were released before, like the, the previous one that had gotten released after he started going you know, a little bit crazy, he kind of, this prisoner was kind of doing the same thing. So he started crying hysterically. Um, the psychologist, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, they had um, chains on their foots, on their feet. 
like on one of their foot, they had like a chain like attached. Because I guess like whenever they, like in prisons, when they move you from like cell to like different areas, they have to put like cuffs and like chains around your feet. So you'll run away. Yeah. So they, they had chains like on their feet. Um, so the psychologist after this point with this prisoner, the second one, he finally like took the chain off um, and told him, go ahead and like you can go lay down and rest like in the room. Like, I understand this is, you know, a little bit crazy for you. Um, and he did give him some food and some water and like all this kind of stuff and did take him to see like a doctor. So he could see that the experiment was causing them like to go crazy, crazy. from being in there oh and from getting like her so much anxiety. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like my heart is beating super fast. <laughs> so, but the, but the difference with this second prisoner was that the psychologist realized when he was talking to him and trying to like um, control him that the prisoner could hear uh, chanting uh, and when, and went back into the room where he found the prisoner like sobbing, like uncontrollably, even though he took him to see a doctor, you know, this and that, he just like, he lost it. He lost it. Like it was just too much, uh, too much for him because apparently, um, during the experiment that some of the other, it just says others. I don't know if it's guards or prisoners. They basically labeled him as like a bad prisoner, um, because he wasn't doing like some of the chores right, or he would com- get punished like a lot so they they basically labeled him like the bad prisoner and to me it kind of like like in prison you know like the one that causes trouble or the one that like i guess like what is it called snitches or whatever they label they label them like as certain things Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what was happening um to him so at this point the psychologist tried to bring him back and was like hey like you're not you know number whatever whatever like you're this is your name this is who you are like blah 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 because he realized like oh shit this is like this is bad like this is really really bad with their mental health yeah exactly and he had to remind him hands are so clammy they're sweating (laughs) yeah like he had to remind him that it's not a real prison this isn't real like this is an experiment like because he legit thought that he was like in prison and that he was never going to see like his family again yeah i feel bad for him it's like really really crazy so um the experiment uh only lasted it was supposed to last longer but it only lasted for two weeks and six days until it was finally terminated two weeks and they were going through all that already and they were going through all that i'm like oh my god they went through this for like six months no it was only two weeks oh shit yeah and then it was terminated and it says it was terminated due to the emotional breakdowns of prisoners and excessive aggression of the guards is why they shut it down yeah and um Two someone weeks. yeah there was another um it's a whole uh, pay period mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there was another professor um at stanford that basically like i i think he, this this professor was the one that brought it like to light and was kind of like this is fucking wrong like what like what the hell are you doing because it basically says it's terrible what you are doing to these boys and it's basically like an uh, what is it like unmoral like unmoral it's, or un- it's morbid morbid there you yeah. go yeah um, so the professor himself, uh, Zimbardo in 2008 finally noted, like, it wasn't until much later that I realized how far into my prison role I was at that point that I was thinking like a prison superintendent rather than a research psychologist. So even him himself, like, oh, shit. got in, like, got <laughs> into it. Like he had to remind himself, like, I'm a psychologist, so not a like fucking, a big like, play. And they just yeah. took the roles too serious. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, so he said that according to like what him and his colleagues found out was that 
Um, it revealed how readily conform to the social roles they are expected to play, especially if the roles are strongly stereotyped as those of the prison guards. Um, because the guards were placed in a position of authority, they began to act in ways they would not usually behave in their normal lives. But then, so fast forward. Oh, there's a movie about this, by the way. It's called The Stanford Experiment. It came out in 2015, oh. I think. I haven't seen it, but it's got some like pretty good people like in the movie. But I feel like I would cry throughout the whole movie. Yeah, but here's <laughs> mm-hmm. the freaking kicker. Are y'all ready? The whole thing was basically a fraud. So the guards, because they were like, you know, um, I mean, because when you go into an experiment that you have to tell them not all of it, but majority of like what you're kind of doing that way they kind of know. Well, it was found because they went back and um, they were basically like reevaluating like all his data all the stuff that he found out, they went and like interviewed some of the people that played the guards and like all this kind of stuff. Um, well, basically, they found out that the guards knew the results that Zimbardo was wanting, so they knew that he, that he was actually really wanting to find out. Like, is it like the harsh? Like, he they knew his results of what he wanted to do, so they were basically doing what he wanted. Pretty much, so because they weren't. They knew they knew that he wanted to see that it was the guards making. Yes, the people go crazy or what? Basically, like that's what his mm. results. He wanted, like as a psychologist, wanted to. So it see. was a, it was a tampered experiment. It was a tampered experiment. So the guards, that, a little that for yeah, nothing. Yeah, they knew the results, and they basically like were trained to meet his goal of what he actually wanted. So basically, the whole entire thing was predetermined, pretty much wow. from the get go. Yeah, so it's basically like. Um, it was for nothing, pretty they much. They went in going in. They went in knowing, knowing the that they were going to make these people drive crazy. And that's yeah. why it only lasted two weeks. Yeah. Because they, they like knew what they wanted. So they like legit like just like were so horrible to them. They did everything they could to make their lives miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's why after it, wow. they shut it down because they knew exactly what was going to happen. It doesn't say whether he knew like like if he knew that they were doing this. But I'm pretty sure like. He yeah, because how's what they find out? Exactly, because yeah. it says that they were trained to meet his goal. So I don't know if he trained them or something, but like some. And they like were he, real guards. Like they picked them from places, or they were trained. They were like, I'm guessing, or just from, like, or this was all a big play, and everyone was just hired. You know, they were volunteers. Mm-hmm. They were volunteers. So there was like 15 or 20 of them. And he like um, separated them, but randomly selected like you're a prisoner, you're a guard, you're a prisoner, you're a oh, guard. Oh, so there weren't even real guards. Yeah, no, they weren't what real the guards. Fuck? No, they were volunteers. But the people that were guards, I'm thinking he told them like this is the outcome that like I'm thinking or that I'm wanting. Or this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see yeah. if it's the prisoners that are making them go crazy yeah. or if it's the guards. And but then the they thing is like, how do they, they act basically. like guards if they don't and they don't know what guards act like? Like what if? Like well, is it? Are they acting like the way guards would act in a movie? Like he fucked said, up? He or? said that he gave them instructions in the beginning, right? Okay, this yeah. is what you're gonna do as a guard. Mm, so probably, that's yeah, because they had to know, like, okay, rigged. you're a prisoner, you're this. He probably gave too much information. He probably did. Or I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How so fucked the, up yeah. is that? So the whole thing was like a one for nothing. It was a fraud because the data is like tampered with, so you can't even use it. And then because he even published it and said like. These were my findings after two weeks, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then later on, 
years later when they went back to look at it, they're like, wait a minute, like so, reanalyzing everything. Uh, my question is, so the people that were prisoners, because they signed a waiver, like there's no way they could have like sued him or anything, right? Because the, waiver, they the waivers protected him. Yeah. Because when you it volunteer changes. for an experiment, you have to like sign yeah. stuff and you volunteer. So they're like, well, you signed up like for it pretty much. <laughs> but I'm just like the whole freaking thing was like on purpose. They tormented these people on purpose. He like like published his stuff as saying like, oh, yeah, this is true. This is what happens like in the prison, American prisons. And then it's like a predetermined freaking thing. Yeah. Like, so he like tormented these people for no reason. Mm-mm. Yeah. trash he is t-r-a because mm-hmm. at least three of them Trashy. like like went crazy and like almost lost their minds pretty much from it holy shit mm-hmm. so i got anxiety for nothing i'm yep. just yeah. <laughs> look, look at how clammy my hands are look look yeah <laughs> clammy like my armpits are like all prickling and i'm like think, i'm like picturing myself yeah there, that's and what I'm i was like, oh my god doing. like I can't. i'm like that's what was happening to that me that would be me like 24 hours and now i'm my baby like, my <laughs> mommy <laughs> me. i want to talk to my lawyer <laughs> dude no if i knew already that this wasn't real they're gonna be like inmate i'm like i'm not your fucking inmate bitch, fucking bitch. Inmate. fuck you ho <laughs> <laughs> yeah but wow. But I mean, from what came from it, like a good, I guess, part of it was that in he did find out that like in prisons, like you do lose your sense of identity and like your personal responsibility because you're a number. You're not like a person. Mm-hmm. You're in a mass like group. So it's like you lose yourself in there. So they did find that like and you, that you is you learn true. your ways into that kind of society, though, too, yeah. like because it's not the way it is in the outside world. So you just kind of mesh and com- conform yourself how do you explain it like you transform yourself to be a part of that society yeah and he was saying that um well in the i mean you can't really like because you know it's predetermined and stuff so you can't really like go in his word but he said that like the guards from them being so like sadistic sadistic is that how you say it sadistic yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they didn't feel like what they were doing to them like they weren't doing it personally they felt like it was in a group like it's a group norm Mm. like together type of thing so them themselves didn't feel like personally responsible like type of thing so even them too like they also he said that they also too like lost their sense of identity because they're all dress the same same uniform they all do the same things every single day there's a mass you know mm-hmm. um, guards in there too so they it says like it's a they the prisoners feel like loss of identity so do the guards and it's like a back and forth like yeah. type of thing that's what they were saying that and like helplessness they feel helplessness like while they're in there so it's i mean you can't really like you know well, I don't feel bad for the guards because those assholes did it on purpose. I feel yeah. bad for the yeah. people that ended up being prisoners. Me too. I'm just thinking about like their long term mental health, like the PTSD, all the like trauma that they had to go. Th- how yeah. did they say how old they were? It just says they were in college. Oh my god, they're, so they're little. probably like, in their twenties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like babies. it says. Uh, let me see. Let me go all the way back. I think it was like college, college time. Bitches. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell my sister, do not volunteer to be in a study. That's another <laughs> thing. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to tell her. Don't volunteer you know for anything. I'm matter of fact. I'm going to text her right now. <laughs> text her right now. She's going to be my like, My sister's going heck? off to college. What's wrong with you? This year, so. Where it says men. It says 20, 24 men 
but they didn't the actual experiment didn't have that many because people started like you know dropping out like little by little so the final count was only 10 prisoners and 11 guards but like for like for what like i would do it if there was like a like Oh, you get a hundred dollar gift card. I don't know. Yeah. But like what do they get? Like do they, they get a nice steak dinner? They like only got what do fif- they get? They got fifteen dollars a day to do the experiment. Fuck no. Yeah. No one could pay me fifteen dollars so a day for probably, nothing. It was probably college students who were in debt who needed money. Probably. Who probably couldn't work because how big their you know, how jacked up their schedule was for school and yeah. they found this as an easy way to make a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, That's true. I misread this. So sorry, I totally misread this. Okay, so he intended for the actual experiment to run for two weeks, but it got terminated six days in. So it was only a week. Six days? Six days. Not even a week? Yeah. Oh my God. He wanted it to run for two weeks. So they were going in nuts in six in days? In six days. Yeah. Oh, I just reread that. And I was like, oh my God, wait. Fuck. I was like, I read that wrong. My bad. Yeah. Six Damn, days girl. and it got terminated after that so wow yeah it's this whole thing was like like totally totally crazy when i was reading it i was just like why would you even like and the fact too like they even started like that because they were arrested at home like they weren't even like told okay you're gonna show up on this day they literally just randomly went and arrested them at home and then like can you imagine if they didn't tell the parents yet and the parents were like what the fuck what the fuck is going on or someone's getting laid (laughs) Yeah, nah, that'd be or, me. Do you remember just that show, Room Room, Room Raiders? Raiders? Room Raiders, yeah. Dude, that was a badass show. <laughs> I used to watch that. I used time. to always lay in bed and be like, "Oh my god, I hope Room Raiders doesn't come in." So <laughs> dumb. Well, now that I watch it, I'm like, "Oh my god, it was so it's so up. staged." Yeah, yeah, dumb. But apparently, like when this happened, there was like, um, uh, they were saying it's a breach of ethics because the prisoners mostly did not know that they were going to be arrested. Um, because they had to get approval like from the police department and everything to do this but the approval wasn't given till like literally like 30 minutes or so before they actually went and arrested the people so he was going to do it regardless Regardless. whether he had like approval or not so they were saying that was like first unethical like of him to even do that yeah and that like they they weren't protected like psychologically like he didn't give them any kind of tools or anything to use while they were in the experiment so yeah it's it's crazy it it was a crazy like thing so (sighs) yeah that that, that's on the stanford i told my sister you did (laughs) yes she said why and i was like it's ashley covered in experiments so don't do it and she put lol with a bunch of crying faces oh my god yeah that's a good one damn that was a me and god are over here like sweaty i was i have so much anxiety anxiety. we were feeding off each other's anxiety uh, i was like literally like in a ball just listening to ashley my freaking hands were sweating they're all clammy right now (laughs) how am i even gonna scroll through my shit okay guys so y'all wanna watch the movie yes (laughs) yes oh we should we should watch it i'll find it we should watch it i'm scared I'm gonna be nervous for the home. I'm already nervous. My, my, my stomach hurts. It's two hours long though. Oh, two hours and two shit. minutes. Okay, we need a bunch of snacks. Snacks. I'm on my stomach hurt just thinking about it. <laughs> <have> to poop. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'm next. <clears throat> so today, my dark history. It's not scary or anything, but it's about one of my favorite things, and that's Playboy. Oh, I was like, drum roll, drum roll, please, <laughs> drum roll. Playboy, Playboy. So, um. Today, I'm going to be talking about 
the Playboy Mansion and their dark secrets. So I know growing up, I was a really big fan of watching The Girls Next Door. Did you ever watch that yes, show? Yes, obsessed. <laughs> I always thought it would be so fun to be like a Playboy bunny and have all this money and go to parties all the time and, you know, live in this big mansion and just have fun all day. But at least that's what was shown on camera. But what if I told you that many women have came out and shared their stories about what it was really like behind those closed doors? Dude, I wrote this all dramatic. Dun, 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 dun. Shut up. <laughs> I'm a writer now. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about the main the main man, Hugh Hefner, founder of Playboy. Um, so to me, he seemed like a nice little old man. Like you see him on the show. He was just so quiet and sweet and like professional um but things weren't what they seemed um so many girls would say that he was like totally opposite from like what we would see on tv so i actually read the book called down the rabbit hole and this is by holly madison um and she was hugh hefner's main girlfriend for like eight years but she really went into detail in this book (laughs) It's throwing me off that you're recording. Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so this magazine first started. um, When this magazine first started, Hugh Hefner used a picture of Marilyn Monroe in the nude as his centerfold. So he bought this picture for $500, but Marilyn Monroe had like no idea that she was going to even be in the magazine. She wasn't told. She just like saw her picture one day on Playboy and... Uh, really? That's it. Yeah. So what happened is um, I think Marilyn Monroe one year, she was like really broke. She It was when she wasn't like super famous yet. So she was really broke and she needed to make a car payment. And she was like, well, what do I do? Um, Marilyn Monroe went and she took some like nude photos, not really completely nude, but just some photos. And the photographer gave her 50 bucks. She really needed to make her car payment. So he was like, here's 50 bucks. 50 bucks back yeah. then? Damn. Back, back then, that was a lot of money. Yeah. <gasps> and so she, um, he gave her 50 bucks and then... Um, so for some reason, the person that had like rights to those pictures was like auctioning them off and Hugh Hefner saw them and he bought those pictures for $500. So he bought Marilyn Monroe's nudes for $500 and um, then made all this money off of it because he put her as the centerfold of Playboy magazine. Bitch. Yeah. And she had no idea. So in reality, all she made from... That centerfold was $50 in reality, if we're being honest. She didn't get a penny. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, So also, this is weird because when I first found out about this, I was freaking out. The bunny was chosen as a mascot because to Hugh Hefner, he said women remind him of bunnies because they're playful. And you know how the bunnies come and they smell you and then they run away and then they come back and then you just feel like caressing them. Um that to him that's what a woman is like an animal what <laughs> and also uh bunnies are always reproducing uh, so that's another always thing reproducing. yeah <laughs> in 1958 um hugh hefner accidentally featured a 16 year old on the cover of the magazine accidentally. so he featured a minor yes um but he did no jail time for this so um she actually did a month like in jail, but he didn't do anything. But the reason why he didn't go to jail is because he was saying that the mom and the girl lied and they were like saying that she was 18 when she wasn't. Wait, why she did she 16. go to jail? 
Probably because she lied. Because she lied about her age. I can see that. But also, you're a a millionaire magazine owner. Wouldn't you check an ID? He was probably looking the other way. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you guys, this is weird, but I have a picture of me in seventh grade and I'm wearing a Playboy Bunny necklace. (laughs) Just letting you know. (laughs) Okay. So, let me tell you about some of the rules of the mansion that all of the girls had to follow. So this is where it's like dark history, I guess. Um, There were scheduled days. Number one, there were scheduled days Hugh Hefner would have sex with his girls. (gasps) It was on Wednesdays and Fridays. So their routine is they would go to the nightclub and he would go out with about six or seven women, um, take them to the club drinking. And sometimes he would offer them quaaludes um, and he would call them thigh openers. So he was basically drugging the girls to kind of like get them in the mood, like to fuck him. Um, So each girl. (laughs) So whenever he would take them out, he would give them like all these all this booze and drugs or whatever. Take them back to his house um, and then they would all go upstairs and each of the girls would have to be like on top of him for like a minute. Riding him. This is a little too much for y'all. Look at your eyes. <laughs> no, I don't um, care. I'm just like... <laughs> and he liked for the other girls to hype him up. Like, fuck her daddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. And But in, like, the series, you can kind of see that happening. Because he, like, takes them out for drinks. And Holly yeah. does mention, she's like, yeah, when we go out, one of us stays with you for the night. Yeah. So, um, but this was weird. Like, he never, like... This is gross, but he never finished with a girl like so he would just have them all like they said it was like a routine, like just go sit on top for a couple of minutes and then get off next next. And um, you know what his logic was? He would have his main girlfriend go first because he didn't like to use protection. And so to him, by fucking his main girlfriend first, it would protect her if case anybody else had anything else. You know I what see. I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like an STD or something. Yeah. But if and then after he would get checked, I guess. Oh, okay. I was about to say, but if he did this like every weekend. Yeah. But imagine like, oh, I'm the main girlfriend. I have to go first. So I won't catch <laughs> so I won't catch an STD. Um Oh yeah, but he couldn't like finish with a girl. He had to like turn around and finish himself off. I guess just in case to not get them pregnant. That I or don't know. maybe it was just like Cause he's an old man. He has his own routine. Yeah, so like, just, oh yeah, he had his own like routine. His OCD, pretty much. He had the same breakfast every day. The same. He would go out to restaurants and they have his chef, his per, his personal chef, like take his food and they would cook it there at the restaurant for him. Like, what? he was so OCD. What the okay, fuck? Rule number two. Watch the series. It's all on there. Yeah, we I've have never to watch seen it. the series. Really? Yeah. Okay. Rule number two: No red lipstick allowed. So in one of the uh, oh in the book, Holly said she wore red lipstick one time and he like yelled at her and told her that she looked like a cheap hooker <gasps> and she could not wear red lipstick. What? Yeah. Um, rule number three, 9 p.m. curfew. So the girls could not leave the mansion for any reason after nine. Like you cannot leave unless you're probably dying or something. But you can't leave the mansion after nine. Um, rule number four, they did have an allowance. Every Friday morning, the girls would have to line up at his door and he would pay them each a thousand dollars. I mean, that sounds nice, right? <laughs> but he would pay it in like crisp hundred dollar bills. 
And he would use this time to tell the girls what they weren't doing right. Here's $100, but you really have to work on um, more sexual activity with me. Here's another $100, but um, you really need to be more um, involved with the other girls because... So basically just judging them. Here's $100, but you need to go fix your hair because it looks like trash. Here's another $100, but you know you might need a, jo- a nose job because you kind of look ugly. Like, stuff like that. Like, oh, he would fuck. use that time to tell them what they need to work on and f- pay them. You know, and if you're getting all this money, it's just like, I'm going to do what you say. Uh, yeah. And he would also be like, oh, you know, you need you need to actually like go out with us more or like, you know, stuff like that. And if you would like not want to go out with him on a Wednesday or a Friday, he would like not want to pay you your thousand dollars a week. So it was weird. Um, number five is that they were not allowed to work. They had to be available to Hef whenever he wanted for any reason. So he actually made Holly. Holly used to work at Hooters Mm -hmm. and he made her quit her job at Hooters so she could be like a full time girlfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Whenever Hef was being interviewed, this is number six. Whenever Hef was being interviewed, the girls had to remain silent, you know, because men talk first Mm. or whatever. He was an older man. Yeah. So I guess he was still like in his ways. Um, So... Rule number seven, his girlfriends had to have bleached hair. Um, And also, they can get as much cosmetic surgery as they wanted. So this one I didn't see as, like, being (laughs) too bad. Yeah. But um, that was number seven. Number eight is they couldn't have their own cars uh, because I think he was scared that they would just, like, leave him. Mm -hmm. Um, So Hef would give them, um, like, loan out cars to them. So they couldn't have their own cars. So the way you came is the way you left. Yeah. So, Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so Hef was like an, he was an old man. He liked routines. Sundays, every Sunday, he had us his whole week planned out. And this was every week that they had to do this. A routine. Sundays were for pool parties and screening new movies. So he used to have this like super big like screen room where they would watch new movies that haven't come out yet. Stuff like that. So that was their Sunday nights. Mondays were manly Mondays. His <laughs> friends would come over and um, they would eat dinner and play cards. Manly Mondays. Tuesday was family night. Um, his wife, his ex-wives and his kids would come over and they would hang out with him. What did his wife and kids think about? Like, I don't know. That's crazy. Wednesday, we all know, club sex. <laughs> that was Wednesday. <laughs> Thursday was the only day where he just let them do whatever they wanted. There was really no rules. And then Friday, clubs, sex. That was Friday's routine. Saturdays were other movie nights. And that was his weekly routine. So there were like a lot of things that Hugh Hefner said to these girls that were like emotional abuse. Um, one of them, I think one of the episodes, Kendra was crying and saying that she was feeling insecure because all of these other girls were like super pretty and blah, blah, blah. And um, she wasn't feeling I guess she just wasn't feeling herself that day. And he's like, well, you do look a little bigger. Maybe you should try the gym. <gasps> Can you imagine? And she's literally so hot. Like she had the sporty body. But and he's it's like, just so well, weird. You look a little like, bigger. You're a 
fucking old man. Like, what the fuck do you know? Yeah. There was also reports of the mansion being, like, super dirty um, because he never liked to change the carpet or anything. So there was pee. All of those girls had pets. There was multiple, pets. Oh multiple pets. There was pee stains everywhere and poop. There were just poop everywhere. And the reports, there's, like, a lot of reports, I would say, that the mansion smelled horrible. He Gross. didn't have, like, fucking cleaners? Or- I'm sure he does, but... What the fuck? You probably change on the carpet when you have that many pets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, There was, like, so many other things that went, like, down inside that mansion that are super creepy. Um, I obviously can't. I don't have enough time to, like, go over everything. But if y'all want to know a little bit more, I guess you can read Down the Rabbit Hole because it's such a good book. And those are just some of the few dark things i learned about <laughs> the playboy mansion so everything yeah, looks super dude. cool on the outside but, but you on can kind of see it though too like when you watch girls next door like if you rewatch it now you can now that i know it. yeah you can see yeah when, when we were watching it when you were telling me i was like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. so now that you know these things and you rewatch it you can kind of notice you can it. kind of notice these things yeah um but and it's just cringy. Like, and they have such- a documentary out now about yes, it. Yes, I haven't seen more, it though. We need to watch it. It's not really about Hugh because I thought it was gonna be about him, like his history. But it's more about like the girl's perspective. The only issue I have with all the allegations, I'm not saying that they're lying. The only problem I have is why come out with everything when he dies? When he's dead, yeah. Like why when he can't come out and defend himself? Like I hate it when people do that. Like whether it's true or not. Like I hate when people finally come out with their truth when the person's not there to defend himself yeah you know what i mean yeah. true so it's like a lot of like is it true is it not true you know what i mean like so that, that that's just my issue with it yeah but i'm pretty sure it is true yeah but why do it, it why do it when he's dead when he's not here when he's not here to tell his truth and then also at the time you weren't complaining about it because you were getting paid yeah you know so but also he was very controlling over like their money that, um, during then, the show um, yeah, because you see a lot of that in the show. And Holly does talk a little bit more, like, because she was his main girlfriend. So she does talk more about, like, the way he is. Like, like him he taking was, his own food to the... Um, he was very specific. Yeah. When they would travel to Vegas, he had his um, chefs pack coolers because he would eat his two hard-boiled eggs every morning with coffee. Like, he had his routine. And if and something he, wasn't and right... And give them, like, the ingredients, right? Like, on how to cook his meal. And how meal. to prepare his meals. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After this, we're going to watch it. So yeah, we can sh- see it. Yes. It's crazy. It's like an eye-opener, right? Yeah, it's crazy all the things that you don't really see because you're just looking at like oh how fun would it be like i was always like damn i want to be hugh hefner's girlfriend like look like they get fucking golf carts and whatever pet they want and whatever car they want and i think the only one that really never came out and said anything was bridget she's just kept it cool and quiet Mm You know, well, yeah, she, she got, was like, my favorite. She got a master's degree and a She's PhD smart. out of it. Nice. Smarty. Yeah, she used her money. Or, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Also, Hugh Hefner would give them a $1,000 weekly allowance, but it was for clothes and for like makeup and for them to look presentable. He didn't want them saving money. Like he would be like, what did you buy with your $1,000? Like what it he wouldn't want them to save money so they could leave him. That's what it was. That's what he was like. You haven't bought enough stuff with your thousand dollars. Like, where's your stuff that you're buying? Like, very, very, I don't know, like controlling. controlling. Yeah. 
he was very controlling and i i don't know if it's because he was old and that's how it was back then but um coming from a psychology standpoint i think there is um past trauma (laughs) probably from probably (laughs) the way your voice changes (laughs) and you know what he wasn't even like a super smart guy he would get like c's probably like me he was just like an average dude an average dude i wonder like uh, like how the hell did he like get into like how did he make playboy like how did that come across and then did anyone like take it over after he died yes Mm -hmm. who took it over after he died uh, like a family member? No, no. It's, his family's not affiliated with Playboy at, at all. all. Mm-mm. Oh shit! Mm-mm. No, here. Mm. Playboy said in a statement, "The Hefner family is no longer associated with Playboy, and today's Playboy is not Hugh Hefner's Playboy. We trust and validate these women and their stories, and we strongly support those individuals who have come forward to share their experiences." so Hugh Hefner's family's like bye see you later like fuck that shit see you later yeah so there's probably like pre stuffs that like that he signed off that somebody (sighs) else is taking there's like so many other crazy things you guys like that Holly (laughs) says and it's just so like when I was reading it I was like no he didn't like he liked to turn these girls against each other so that way they would fight over him and he liked that shit he lived for that he was like or I started "Mm." listening to the audiobook and you told me so good he liked for them to fight over him he liked to feel that he was the main man and that nobody can touch him he liked to feel like people would come up to him and be like, damn man, how could you have seven hot ass girlfriends? He liked that shit and he lived for the attention and the drama. Bitch ass. Am I the problem? Am I the drama? <laughs> Am I the I drama? The drama. <laughs> uh, also, Maybe like he tried to bribe Holly. Like whenever she was like, I'm an- I've had enough. I'm leaving. She tried to leave and he was like, oh, he put her in his will and set the documents on her bed so she can look at them so she wouldn't leave him. And she, Holly said she just looked at them, put him down and was like, like, I don't even want to be here. And she fucking left. She's like, way to go, Holly. Claps for Holly. she did truly love him, though. She did. She wanted to have kids with him. She wanted to be not only just the main girlfriend, but she wanted to marry him. And then when they did, when she did leave, he ended up marrying somebody else. I can only imagine like how much that hurt her. You know, he married Crystal and he wasn't even alive that long after he married her so old yeah <laughs> he was anyway I those mean, are like, just some of the um, no judgment but secrets some I'm, of the secrets <laughs> anywho <laughs> anyway that's the playboy mansion that's the playboy money yes mansion secrets. literally like secrets. rewatch girls next door rewatch girls next door with the knowledge that you know you now and tell me that's not the creepy. dog pee and poop through the tv <laughs> That's so insane, dude. Oh, one of the episodes I cringe. Sorry, before you start, because he was like at a restaurant with other girls and um, they were taking a little bit long with his dinner. And he was like, what's going on with my dinner? Why isn't it like he was oh, getting yeah, so that was mad? Like, like the first or second. episode. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, I'm cringing. Like, I don't like when people are. And Holly was just next to him. Like, oh, fuck. Um, she was just like eating like <laughs> whatever. Because like, she's so mm-hmm. used to it. Cringe. Wow. Okay. So I'm covering the unexpected dark history of the Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy. So I just want to say for everyone whose kids that are listening to my segment, you might not want to let them listen to the segment because I don't want to be the reason, you know, 
to ruin their childhood imagination. So, um, but also I say dick and stuff, so don't have them listening to <laughs> oh, yeah, this episode. <laughs> that's true. So, um, Sorry. Anyway, Ashley's all. Oh my god, I she's all red. Oh my god, Ashley's red. Oh my god. So I was trying really hard not to discuss this specific topic, but it kept. I kept going back to it like over and over again. So here we go. Obviously, I gave in. It's meant to be then. <laughs> so anyway, so when we were little, or at least when I was little, I don't know about y'all, but like I was told by my parents, like when you lose a tooth, you put it under your pillow and in the middle of the night, the little tooth fairy is going to come and like leave you some money in exchange for like your tooth. Right. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Well, so these fairy tales are basically created to make the tooth disposal or like tooth extractions from kids like a little easier. So there's a French fairy tale. It's called The Good Little Mouse. Um, it was basically influenced um, behind the modern tooth fairy. And basically in this little tale, the little mouse, what he does is he helps um, some guy defeat the king by sneaking under the king's pillow. And then while the king is asleep, he goes up to the king and knocks out all his teeth and takes all his teeth while he sleeps. Oh. And the king wakes up the next morning with nothing but like bleeding gums. Ew. <laughs> How do you not wake what up to that? What the fuck? <laughs> and this is like the little fairy tale behind like the mouse, right? Mm. So the tooth mouse became like the main like tooth fairy in like French households, right? But God, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I found on the internet. Um, so in me- apparently in Mexico, Chile, Peru, Argentina, Colombia, the tooth mouse, aka tooth fairy, um, their tooth fairy was a mouse named Renton Perez. He's my cousin. He's my cousin. (laughs) So basically, this little mouse, um, so children would put their baby teeth in a glass of water, and then the mouse or the rat would go and drink the water and take the baby tooth and then leave a present in the glass for the kids. And then afterward, or of course, the, the mothers would like keep the teeth or save, savage them or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Throw it away. Yeah, throw it away, whatever. <laughs> throw them out. Um, so there is early, the earliest record that we have on the tooth fairy can be found in 1908 newspaper um, from Chicago. It's from the Chicago uh, tri- Tribune. 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 How do you mm-hmm. say it? Tribune. Tribune. Um, so basically, this article um, was said that Lillian Brown supposedly she was the one that was like hey so like i think y'all should come up like y'all should talk about this mythical creature to your kids and like this would actually help the kids lose their teeth easier because you know how when you have like at least when i was little when i first got my first loose tooth i was scared yeah i was like why is my tooth knocked out no don't pull it out (laughs) and then my mom was like well if you if it falls out then you know you can put it on your pillow and the tooth fairy will come and like give you money in exchange for your teeth Hell okay. Yeah. So supposedly <laughs> she was the one, like the creator, and like the one that came out and fairy. said, like, "Hey, like, mm-hmm. you should tell your kids about the tooth fairy." Blah blah blah. All this stuff, right? So the second earliest um, was a 15 year old girl. This was uh, in 1911 um, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so she was a 15 year old girl, and she said that her aunt was the one that told her. Um, that she should get her baby teeth. And when her baby tooth fall, falls out, she can get her baby tooth. She can put it in like a little envelope or like put it like in a little sock or something, put it underneath her pillow, and then she would get a gift. Well, she said when she was 15, she was so excited about the tooth fairy that she said that the tooth fairy visited her and told her, do you want to go to fairyland with me? And so she went to fairyland with the tooth fairy, but she doesn't remember fairyland. So psychologists are like well this could have been just like a dream but you mm-hmm. have like parapsychologists are like well <laughs> was it just a dream 
Was it? Was so, it? We don't know. In South Bend, Indiana, in 1926, mothers invented all kinds of different fairies. So there is a measles fairy. There is a chicken pox fairy. There is a vaccination fairy. <laughs> what? <laughs> there is, of course, the tooth fairy. Um, a lot of young mothers explain that this was like the easiest way to like get like their kids to get their vaccinations, to get their shots, to go to the doctor, to um, get get their checkups done. So like they this kind of like transformed overnight. So like whenever a sick child would go to the doctor that night, the child would wake up and they would have like a gift or like money or something under their pillow. Hmm. Interesting, right? Interesting. <laughs> so use that. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so this next one uh, was uh, by, in 1933, um, there was a Dr. Catherine Lindsay Wincoop. Um, she said in her childhood days, they would like invoke the fairy. So basically, like she was taught growing up, the only way you can get the tooth fairy to come and visit you is like you have to like conjure her. So you would have to like, when you lose your tooth, you have to put in an envelope write a little uh, letter to the fairy, but she can only be conjured up and come to you and take your tooth in exchange for money if you wrote her this letter in the envelope and put it underneath your pillow at night. What? It's crazy, right? Mine was not that complicated. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) So, of course, this is like the US and Canada versions of the tooth fairy, right? She's a little princess fairy, like almost like Tinkerbell with wings and all that. And like, she's a beautiful fairy that like, you know, comes in at night, steals your tooth. Well, not everybody does the tooth fairy thing. In other cultures, um, they have like tooth superstitions or like rituals. So the Vikings, they were known to wear baby teeth on a string as good luck. I would do that. Or like as a good luck talisman. So they would pay to get baby teeth from children. Uh, <laughs> and they believe that the baby teeth were luck, especially like wearing it during a battle. So they I'm would pay children to Sophia's like get baby their baby teeth. teeth. I was thinking that when my kid has teeth, I'm going to save them and wear them. Is that crazy of me? Probably. Can you wear them? Yeah, know. you can. You can just do like a little... Do like make a little it a little charm necklace. for your charm bracelet. Cute. Okay. <laughs> they even have like the little like teeth, the little baby teeth boxes. My mom mm-hmm. gave me one, but I was like... Uh, like, no. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> So in the Middle Eastern countries, um, so there's Jordan, Iraq, Egypt, have a custom of throwing baby teeth into the sky. And this is supposed to bring them like good fortune. In some Asian countries, lost teeth um, or like teeth that you lose um, that fall out are buried into the ground or a place. Um, This would actually like bring like proper growth of like the new permanent teeth coming in. Um, in other traditions, some of the children throw their teeth up towards the sun, and this would actually um, allow your uh, adult teeth to come in more healthy if you throw your baby tooth up to the sun. So that's just like some rituals that some other countries do. Huh. So Turkey, they have a really interesting tradition, and I think this one's pretty cool. So they have their children bury their teeth at places that they want to grow up and pursue for their careers. So like they would bury their teeth at a hospital. So this means that the child will either grow up to be like a nurse or a doctor or like somebody like in the medical field. Um, If they bury their teeth near or on school grounds, then they would grow up and like pursue education, et cetera. On and on and on. Right. (laughs) Both of us. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, traditions, like different ways that people believe in a tooth fairy. But this is the darker side of the tooth fairy. So 
In cultures around the world, baby teeth were something that people disposed of very quickly, like in rivers, they would be thrown on roofs, they would be thrown outside, some would be burned. And of course, this had to do with like witches or evil spirits. Uh, These evil spirits or witches are like wanting baby teeth. And they believe that dark forces would take control of humans by using their baby teeth Mm. or like possessing them or like just taking complete control over them. Um, And of course... I don't know if y'all know this, but I also found that this is so not only babe, like witches or evil spirits will take control of people by their baby teeth, but also by their hair. So that's why back then women and men had long hair because they were too scared to cut their hair because they were afraid that the witch next door would like try to take control of them. <laughs> oh, oh, makes sense. That's crazy, right? It is. <laughs> so throughout the Middle Ages, especially in Europe, mothers would burn their children. I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Mothers would uh, burn their children's baby teeth in the fireplace rather than risk the possible witch who lives next door to find them. So can you imagine growing up back then and like your tooth falls out and you're like, oh my God, I don't want the witch to like find my tooth and like take complete control over me. I'm going to throw it in the fire and burn it. Like growing up with that fear, like your neighbor's probably a witch or like there's a witch in the woods that wants like your baby teeth. Mm. I, yeah, no. I would burn them and then like get the ashes and <laughs> sprinkle them on my ice cream. <laughs> How crazy. So in England, so this is like more in like Central Europe, baby teeth were burned. This was more out of fear of internal damnation. So it was said that if baby teeth weren't burned, when then when you would die, you would pretty much spend the rest of your entire life searching for your teeth. So... And also, it means that your adult life would be cursed and filled with hardship if you didn't burn your baby teeth when they fall out. Wow. What the fuck? So now I'm going to introduce everybody to Jenny Green Teeth. Jenny Green Teeth? Jenny Green Teeth. Green Tea or Teeth? Green Teeth. Oh. Jenny Green Teeth. So Jenny is a monstrous witch with green skin, long arms, wild hair, and sharp, nasty ugly green teeth so basically she was often said to resemble like pond weed or like she would even um form into like large clumps of pond weed to like basically pull children into the water and drown them so they can become her companion and more specifically she would target children who had really bad oral hygiene or rotting teeth (laughs) and damn (laughs) Supposedly, she um, lures um, in like the upper part of the branches and trees at night looking for children with rotten teeth. And parents would use this folklore to get their children to brush their teeth at night. I'm going to use that on Sophia. You should. (laughs) (laughs) So this next one, I kind of already covered this, but I don't think I said it on my segment when we when we talked about mystical creatures. But in Ireland, parents were had fear of changelings. We all know what changelings are. If you don't know what that is, look at their, or listen to our mystical creatures episode. But basically I didn't, I didn't find this out until like I started researching, you know, like when you research and you find out like from your past research, like, Hey, I didn't read that before. Mm -hmm. This is what that was. So basically, um, parents would set a baby tooth by their newborn's crib to protect them from being taken away by changelings and also to protect them in general from like harm or like evil spirits. They would oh, put like wow. a baby tooth by their crib to protect them. Where did like they their own baby, baby tooth? tooth? Either their own baby tooth or like a child before. Hmm. Yeah. In Makes Ireland. Sense. 
So you borrow your tooth. <laughs> <laughs> you your tooth. There's this mm-hmm. other one which I thought was kind of weird and it made me laugh. Um, so another one is like this legend of like a tooth entity that takes the teeth of women who want to bear a child. So it's like a blessing for a tooth. So what? Supposedly, like an adult this, tooth. No. Oh, like adult like, teeth. Yeah, adult teeth. Yeah, so supposedly, like, women paid the price of a child by losing their teeth. So most women were noticing when they would, when they would, this was, like, back then. So women were noticing when they would get pregnant, they would end up, like, losing their teeth by some, like, unseen entity or force. Girl, you know, back then, like, you're, I say you're a witch, you're a witch. That's how it was. Like, True. you know, people, like, make up crazy stuff. But <laughs> there's actual science behind this. So basically... Pregnancy interferes with the calcium absorption and further, like, a lot of women pretty much crave, like, sweet and acidic foods while they're pregnant. And in modern days, women, at least I was, like, women are less likely to go to the dentist because, like, the taste or, like, the smell, like, just somebody, like, with their hands in your mouth makes you gag. So... Does. This is, like, less likely (laughs) has to do with, like, an evil tooth fairy stealing teeth from pregnant women in order to have their baby. It's more, like, about dental hygiene, but I still thought that was pretty funny. Like, Uh, sedate me. (laughs) Sedate me. Sedate me. (laughs) So, this next one, um, this has to do with Filipino culture. So, in the Filipino culture, spirits visit people in their sleep. Or, like, give them premonitions and, like, give them warnings. So, it's said that when someone is having dreams of their teeth falling out, they are being warned. So, in the Filipino culture, if you dream if you dream this, someone around you or close to you will die soon. In order to counteract this, you must appease the said spirits by biting into a piece of wood to stop a loved like just, one or somebody close to you <sighs> dying. Just bite <sighs> a piece of wood after you have the dream. Uh, like a bunny yeah. yeah you just bite it <laughs> that's so weird right yeah so to counteract it you have to bite a piece of wood I don't think I've ever had a dream like that you I have dreams about out. my teeth falling out but that means something else in our culture it I means just, I was like, about to say, it was like something or someone's talking no it's not someone's no. talking shit it's something else I don't remember I can't think I right think now. it's good luck let me look well, let me look it up right now cause I was like I've never heard that but I've heard like your teeth no, falling out. It means like, something. Wait, what? It was either teeth falling out or like if you had wooden teeth or something. Have you ever heard that one where like you dream you have wooden teeth? Mm-mm. No. I know if you dream snakes, someone's talking uh, shit. Um, if you dream your teeth are it, falling It could out. mean that you're dealing with some kind of loss or an abrupt end to a relationship or a job change. Something huh. sudden. Yeah. That's weird. I was dreaming about that recently. My teeth falling out. And you there know you why? go. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one, I think y'all will find it kind of like, what the fuck? It's like a WTF. So construction workers were taking down a wall on the second floor of the Converse building in downtown. I can say this, Valdosta, Georgia. They found a wall full of 1,000 teeth. So they were knocking down the wall. So when they got through the drywood, there was another wall that had 1,000 teeth glued to it. What? So 
They researched, so a lot of research was done on the building, and basically it was discovered that the building used to be the home of a dentist, and it seemed that the dentist at the time, his name was Dr. Humans, um, he used to extract the teeth from his patients and place them into the wall instead of throwing them out or disposing them like he was supposed to, because obviously, like, it's a biohazard risk, because, like, rotting teeth can contain infectious material, because rotting mm-hmm. teeth, like, it's rotten. Um, so, they... Basically, they're like, why the hell did he put it against the wall? Well, come to find out, they said that it was due to, like, some kind of religious belief or, like, uh, superstition. So, like, burning the teeth or, like, putting them on the wall is, like, part of some, like, old religious tradition thing, like, that he had. What the fuck? So, he wouldn't burn the teeth. He would glue the teeth in the wall and, like... Like, that'll make it better. (laughs) What the heck? What the hell? So, yeah. I was not going to lie. If you live in Georgia, like, your teeth... I was thinking like that wall. I don't know why I was thinking like oh maybe like he was thinking like it was like a foundation thing no, like to hold like up he, his wall. It was like part of like some old religion like you would either burn teeth or you would like put them in a wall in that's great. And some I don't know some kind of like religion thing. So did he like take them out in his house like they, that it, was his it practice? was just like yeah, well, yeah, because I guess, like, back then, like, people would have, like, their... In their houses, right? In their houses, oh, okay. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Ooh. so, but can you imagine... Yeah. I can't imagine, like, knocking down a wall and then, like, in my a house... wall of teeth. And, like, there's just, like, a wall of teeth. I would move like, out. I'm done. I can explain. <laughs> Me? Uh... Leave those there. I think my house is alive. <laughs> it's, like, monster house. Monster house. <laughs> my house is alive. <laughs> I don't know. So a lot of people would refer to this dentist as like the real life tooth fairy or like tooth troll. (laughs) Tooth troll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's basically it. Um, There are some scary movie adaptions of the tooth fairy. One of my favorites is Darkness Falls. Um, You can actually watch it for free on YouTube or you can buy it on Voodoo or buy the DVD. Um, it's actually featuring Emma Colfield. If you don't know who she is, she played Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. Yeah. And then 2020, they came out with a more recent um, Tooth Fairy movie, literally titled The Tooth Fairy, and she's supposed to be evil and like kill yeah. kids. <clears throat> Cute. And then I'm going to end it with a couple of fun facts about the Tooth Fairy. So fact number one, the Tooth Fairy had her own museum. It showcased books, dolls, and like other tooth fairy memorabilia. So Dr. Rosemary Wells took it upon herself to become the tooth fairy expert. The museum was in Deerfield, Illinois, and unfortunately it closed after she died in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, the tooth fairy has her own holiday. February 28th is National <laughs> Tooth Fairy Day. And sources also said that the holiday is... Um, switch switches year from year between August 28th and February 28th. So I don't know what this year is, but yeah, August 28th or February 28th is National Tooth Fairy Day. Mark your calendars. <laughs> and, Make a party. <laughs> and she collects 300,000 teeth from children all over the world every night. Wow. And according she goes to work, uh-huh. she, she works from them teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and according to the national survey, according to mothers or parents or guardians in general, a baby tooth is worth four dollars and seventy cents per tooth. Um, I say that's at least five dollars. Just round it up, please. Round it up to five. Five. <laughs> at least five. Can I just say if you're one of those parents, I've been dying to say this. If you're one of those parents that gives your fucking kid a twenty dollar bill, fuck you. Like <laughs> Now, now I have to give my fucking kid a $20 bill. He's going to be like, um, how come his tooth cost? You only gave me five bucks. And what's his name? Little Billy over there got 20 bucks. 
Like, cause you know what? Fuck you and like, Billy. You know, nah. <laughs> the, I mean, when I was little, little, I think I would only get like two dollars. I would get like, fifty cents or a dollar if I was. I remember lucky. like change and like dollars. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't get like five, ten, fifteen dollars. No, you know what exactly. I did? You know, you know how I found out that like it wasn't a thing. What? Um, me and my cousins, and my grandparents first got their ranch. Um, it's so gross. I don't know why I did this. So what? there is like a skeleton of a deer, and me and my cousins each took a tooth, and we we're like, "Oh my god, let's get money from the tooth fairy," and like we took the teeth and put it under our pillows. <laughs> And we didn't wake up to money the next morning because we were trying to trick her, but we kind of convinced ourselves like she didn't take the tooth because it wasn't our teeth. It was like an animal tooth. Like she knew. Mm-hmm. She knew. Yeah. But that's so gross, right? I took a dead animal's tooth and put it under my she pillow She tried for to money. con the tooth fairy. <laughs> you are a con artist. <laughs> my cousins are con artists. <laughs> but also, what we the were fuck? So mad. <laughs> we were so mad. We got the teeth and threw it outside. <laughs> Uh, yeah, should have just m- m- fucking made a soup of teeth while you were at it. Fucking <laughs> crazy asses. Oh I don't even God. know if I washed it. The tooth was probably, bitch. The tooth is probably all sharp. It was. It was big. <laughs> Can you imagine your mom like, damn, what the fuck? Or when like, did it was this at tooth- my grandma's house. Imagine my grandma waking up like, what the? Are we left it there? Like, <laughs> what kind of teeth is this little girl growing? Oh. Grandma, I lost a tooth. <laughs> it's all sharp. <laughs> oh my god uh, I, felt uh, like, wow. I felt like I did a lot of research but reading it it's not that long but anyway <laughs> that's how mine was I was like damn I got a lot of good stuff but it was like fast I felt like it was so fast. that's uh, the dark history of the tooth fairy it was kind of light and then it got a little bit dark but that's crazy nice and also don't give your fucking kids 20 I'm all mad five dollars tops you know what I remember yeah. getting like 15 only because i went and i got i think six teeth extracted oh what the at one heck six yeah because i Why? think i had so one of my my tooth back here i when i got braces uh-huh. uh it would it's actually flipped so the front side right now is technically the back side of my tooth and the back side is the front side so it's like reverse. i had so let me see teeth, i had so many teeth growing that it was making my teeth like it was my because I have a small mouth. Oh, so they're compacted. And they were all compacted, mm. and then I had like a gap, and so it was causing this tooth to like twist. So when the orthodontist was giving me braces, he was like, "I can't twist it all the way around." He's like, "We have to reverse it." So like, it's this tooth. It's a nice That's tooth. Crazy. This is like smaller than my yeah, tooth. yeah. Wow. But yeah, I had uh, I had a couple of crowns, like the silver crowns, and then. Look, I would spend the night, I would stay with my grandparents for a summer and like literally all my, my grandpa let us eat whatever we wanted. So like if we wanted ice cream in the morning, we eat ice cream if we wanted. Yeah. We yep. would always go to the, to the little corner store and like get a bunch of cupcakes. I got fat when I would stay with my grandparents <laughs> over the summer and I would come home fat and dark because I was always outside yeah, playing. Outside the sun. And yeah. I would go to the dentist and I had a bunch of cavities because all I ate was junk food. I had a lot of cavities too. So Same. All and that's time. why I'm a big sweet tooth now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I eat something afterwards, I'm like, so what's dessert? <laughs> Same. Even if I'm, I'm like, fucking I want something full, sweet. I'm like, I need something sweet. Yep. Yeah. I ate a whole pint of ice cream the other day. That's okay, girl. I, I was I not. I did too. I, I was okay with I've it. I've been there. Fudge. Yeah. Chocolate. No judgment here. It was good. Yeah, we don't judge. We love ice cream. We never judge. <laughs> Ooh. Baby, I'll be stuck to you like glue. 
baby. Remember to vote, you guys. <laughs> oh, yes, please make sure to vote daily until daily. the you said the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth until tooth fairy day. Tooth fairy day. Wow. National tooth fairy day. I'm all wow. 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 Email us at scarynotscarypodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, scarynotscarypodcast.com. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. Please, 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 please. Rate and review us on iTunes. If you have an iPhone, which I know most of you do who are listening, if you have an iPhone, go on iTunes, review us, because this will get us into the charts. This will actually get us to get more listeners. This will get us exposure, pretty much. You By you leaving a review, you're pretty much helping us market our podcast. So yeah. please, please do that. Please. You can follow us on Spotify, uh, Our Heart Radio, all the major platforms. Make sure you download Podbean. You can also listen to our episodes there, but mainly that's for our live shows. And shop our merch, scarynotscarypodcast.shop. Shop. And we have a Patreon. There's nothing Patreon. on there yet. I'm you, sorry, I'm working on it. You know the it. drill, okay? We're working on it. <laughs> Don't judge us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, make sure you vote every day up until the 28th. I'm going to repeat that again. Make sure you vote, vote every day. Vote, 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 vote. Vote. Vote, bitches. If you don't know where to vote, it's on our what Instagram. It's, and on, our Instagram. Instagram. it's on our Facebook. It's on our Snapchat. And our TikTok. TikTok. Put it on TikTok. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please. Please go vote for us. And if we win, uh, we might do something special. <gasps> yes. and I believe that's it until next time remember to always stay